My name's Liana Berry and you're listening to Art Muse Podcast, a podcast about the intersections between art, healing and creativity. Welcome back to Art Muse Podcast. I almost didn't record this episode. I overthought it and just thought, you know, maybe there isn't enough to say. Maybe I'm being too simplistic here. And the theme that I'm going to be chatting about is comfort. And it is such an essential theme to consider in our life and how we find comfort and how it supports us. And when I started writing notes in preparation, I realized that actually there is so many different details and different ways I can take the musings and the conversation. So I'm glad that I decided to hit record and I'm glad that you decided to listen. I think this episode is going to be really valuable. And I think it's a really timely conversation to be able to talk about wise comfort. And I say wise comfort because I think comfort can sometimes attract a negative perspective. It can be seen as really self-indulgent or really ignorant and really unhealthy. And I think that's just to do with dosage. So if you have a lot of comfort in your life to the point that you're avoiding any type of discomfort, then we're going to want to look at that and think like, why is that? What am I avoiding? Comfort is best in coexistence with discomfort and they often work together, weaving together closely. You know, we're never going to get that perfect balance on the balancing scale, but we don't want it tipped one way or the other. And sometimes that's outside of our control, obviously, but, you know, one way or the other is going to cause quite a lot of suffering. If our scale is tipped so heavily in comfort that we're experiencing no discomfort, that might not seem like a sufferable situation, but you're not going to make any progress towards goals, probably. It can be really easy to get stuck in that place and really hard to get out of. And then if you're trying to break out of that real comfort zone, then you can be flooded with a lot of anxiety and a lot of difficulty because you've cocooned yourself in a place that has so much familiarity that sensitized you to anything outside of that. And even the smallest uncomfortable steps can seem gigantic. And then obviously the other end of the scale tipping is if we're tipped into so much discomfort that we have no level of comfort in our lives and that becomes a stress response. For some people it might be traumatic and we get no break. It's exhausting. You know, comfort is a really important place to find reprieve, to top back up our cup. It helps us build resilience. Comfort often gives us joy and a sense of safety and security and love. So it's a really important experience to have and it's important to have in conjunction with discomfort. So if you are interested to know a little bit more on my thoughts and musings on discomfort and you haven't listened to the full podcast episodes, you can jump back to episode four. I do dig into that a little bit more there. Comfort is quite an ambiguous word. Obviously, it's got so many dimensions. We can be thinking about the physical realm of comfort, you know, your snuggly pajamas and your bed and a safe place to sleep and unwind. And we can be thinking about comfort in a psychological sense and feeling comfortable and not challenged. And then we can think about it in a relational sense. And we can also think about it in a creative sense, which is why we're here. We're we're going to be thinking about it and talking about it in regards to creativity and art making and I'm going to touch on why creative comfort can be important, ways to amplify it in your practice uh, or in your environment and I'm also going to touch a little bit on flow which is a psychology theory 
Comfort is described by Cambridge Dictionary as the pleasant and satisfying feeling of being physically or mentally free from pain, suffering or something that provides this feeling. But in some ways I'd like to challenge the definition to be more broadly focused because I feel like sometimes comfort is about immediate feedback. It is about you know, that absence of pain and suffering and in place that sense of safety and freedom. But I also feel like sometimes we can get a sense of comfort when we're being challenged, when we're uncomfortable, because we're comforted to know that we're working towards our goals or our values. And so I know that there's been times before where I'm like, oh, this is a bit painful for whatever reason. It might be that something is physically painful, but it might be just that it's difficult and it's challenging me and or it's tedious or it's really frustrating or like whatever range of feelings that you can get when you're slogging towards a particular goal. But I find I feel enlivened and enriched and comforted by the fact that like I'm making progress. I'm working towards my goal. And I feel like this more complex perspective of comfort is really relevant when it comes to creativity and art making because I feel like part of the process of art making is that unknown development and the trying and the pushing and the testing and the practicing and the constant requirement to have persistence and faith in that what you're doing is going to have an outcome. And I feel like sometimes that process is what gives us comfort. And obviously, I'm also going to be talking about like the immediate comfort zone of art making and where the materials and the process itself is giving us lots of comfort but I feel like sometimes just being creative generally can feel comforting because we're doing something for ourselves we're nurturing ourselves we're working on something that feels self-expressive and meets our values it can seem a bit confusing because you're like oh this isn't comfortable but I feel reassured by it it's very easy to become idealistic I think you know without walking in anyone else's shoes you can't really judge the prevalence of comfort and discomfort in people's lives and I'm all too aware that people have can sometimes have very little comfort in their lives they can have a huge amount of of stress and trauma they might be exposed to conflict or poverty or grief and a, a million other points of suffering that we experience as humans So I don't want to minimise the ways that people can be suffering. It's relevant to the conversation. But saying that I, I don't feel the need today to go into all of those details. We live in such a globalised world and I think the level of others' suffering and pain that we are exposed to is extremely high and it's in real time and we're additionally burdened by um, not knowing how to help other people, not knowing how to feed into our community, feeling quite helpless and also feeling quite disorientated because media can be altered and adjusted and shared with agenda. So there are multiple wars going on in the world at the moment. There are multiple fights for environmental repair and a whole, whole host of other experiences of suffering and so I guess I just wanted to acknowledge that and then really state that creativity can be an opportunity to find those little snippets those little glimmers of hope in really difficult times so if you have an opportunity you feel like you have any resources to be creative it can be really nurturing and supportive and it can be your source of comfort if you have very little other opportunities for comfort in your life and I do hope that you have increasing moments of comfort 
and of wise comfort where it is building value in your life and empowering you. Let's talk about using the ups and downs of creativity for rest. We sometimes find ourselves stricken with creative block. It could be called writer's block. It can be called creativity block. It can just be in a rut. Um, a slump, whatever language you use to describe those phases of time where we're like, we're not progressing in the way that we want to be progressing. We're stuck for inspiration and we're just really not sure why we're making art, what we're getting out of it, you know, where we're going with it. We feel like we haven't accomplished anything. Nothing looks beautiful. We just can feel really blur really average about it art making and creativity is a roller coaster we're going to have those high highs where we feel on top of the world we've finished a lengthy project we've just got all of these ideas and they're gushing out of us and we feel like we've it meets us where we're at with our skills and we're just able to like get in the zone and then we're going to have the low lows where everything feels clunky and gritty and we just don't know what to do and we just feel really unsatisfied i would encourage you to use those lows as a way to experiment with your comfort as a way to get to know what you find comfortable you know sometimes we're in those like roller coaster highs we're not even thinking about what we're doing we're not even kind of watching ourselves or studying ourselves because we're so immersed in our activity whereas when things feel difficult and slow that's when there is a prime opportunity to be self-reflexive to be explorative and to get to know ourselves better and to experiment a little bit with comfort seeking because it's usually when we're in those gritty average low kind of spaces that we could do with a little bit of extra comfort we can apply our art making in a way that kind of nurtures us while we're waiting and waiting's an interesting word because so many artists speak about the concept that inspiration you know requires activity it requires you to, to work for it and to push through because it's not just going to be a spontaneous thing or you're going to be wasting time because there'll be significant, significant gaps between those moments. I think it's a healthy blend of a bit of everything there. Um, I think if we're in a low, if we're in a rut, then sit it out for a while and experiment and use it as an opportunity for rest. And then if it's prolonged, then there may be a time where you need to amp it up. You need to push through and move forward and pick up your backpack and start hiking anyway, regardless of what you know is ahead. I think it's one of those situations where it's a bit of both you know I think you do have to work for inspiration you do have to push forward and you do have to be uncomfortable to be able to get comfortable but I think just allowing yourself to kind of sit in that low and sit in that rut and get to know yourself more is a real reward and I think that speaks to the opportunity to have multiple projects on the go most prolific creators or artists will tell you that they have multiple projects and I want to advocate for always having one comfort project on the go. Art is about kind of pushing yourself and moving forwards and self-expression and development and skill development and discovery and learning new things and making something new and so a lot of the time we find ourselves in that environment where we're like oh I've got something to say and I need to find a way to say it and I've got all these ideas and these visions and I need to learn these skills and it's about honing that practice and stepping into that discomfort and that's really powerful 
but I think sometimes it's helpful to have a comfort project and that's something that might be really familiar to you that might be something with no purpose or intent you might be a portrait artist and that's where your passion lies that's where your work lies you know and obviously everyone listening to this podcast you don't have to be a professional artist I'm not saying that this is only for professionals you might just be making art at home or just dipping your toes back in but sometimes the examples are helpful if I'm kind of talking in a magnified way So if you were into portraits and that's what you did, but your comfort project (laughs) might be a cat picture or painting a picture of an ice cream or you might be a painter, but your comfort project might be knitting something or cross stitching. Sometimes our comfort projects are the things that we would never share with anyone. They're just for us. Like they're the things that we want to do because we do get that sense of soothing and rewarding feedback and often there's a sense of familiarity there's quite often a sensory feedback from the materials or something that's really enjoyable in the content or the form whatever it's about it's like thinking about those values and those loves but something that you know we don't have to convince anyone of it's not doing it for out there it's doing it for in here And as cheesy as that sounds, that's like your inner child and your heart that I'm talking about when I say in there. So our comfort projects are really essential and they don't, it doesn't have to be an either or, it can just be alongside. So some people have comfort projects that they just pick up and drop off um, and they touch and then they leave and they never finish or it just kind of bumps along alongside their other activities. And for some people, they tend to find themselves in phases where they're either working really heavily on their core practice. And then when they're in that difficult, stuck, kind of uninspired low that happens with creativity, there's always that roller coaster, those peaks and troughs where no one, no matter what Instagram or Facebook tells you, no one is inspired and active and consistently creative all of the time. Every single creative person will go through a low or a stuck place or a period of not creating at all. Sometimes we need to listen to that pullback and that heaviness that requires rest and finding comfort in our rest period is really nourishing and it's making the most of that situation rather than lamenting the fact that you're not creating in the way that you feel you should or you could or you want to you can pick up a project that you have or start a new one that provides you comfort it's a companion for a rut and so I think sometimes doing the work when you can so that you know yourself you know your options you know what you find comfortable and what you find nourishing will be helpful in making the most of those kind of lows or alternatively if you go if you find it difficult to create during periods of stress when um, some creatives as we've discovered in this podcast I've talked to a few guests about it this idea that sometimes for some of us when we're stressed and anxious or in in grief find it difficult to create so rather than trying to work towards those larger goals just having small little projects and small little activities that you know are enjoyable and comfortable and to be honest when you're in that thriving space you don't have time for So it's like timely that you can make a bookmark or practice origami or do 
pet drawings or braid bracelets or whatever it is you fancy you know like some people that's their staple you know some of you are going to be like um excuse me Liana that's my staple that's what I do all the time so please don't take anything um any of my suggestions out of context I just like to throw out a whole range of examples and quite often obviously my brain will stir towards the ones that relevant to me so you know crafting projects for me are more of a comfort project than a creative staple because my creative staple is painting and drawing or working in my business so everyone's going to be different for crafters they might find photography or writing their release and their comfort space so quite often what we find like really comfortable is a step or two away from our regular processes. Not always, but quite often. Getting to know yourself. The alternative podcast title could be getting to know yourself through creativity because um, I probably encourage it a lot. It's like self-reflection, 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 but it's valuable. So grab out a piece of paper um, now or later and make some lists or make a brainstorm you want to be asking yourself these sorts of questions when it comes to art making what fills me with dread and what fills me with joy and then you also want to think about okay what materials do I find challenging and what materials would I choose if I was only allowed to take three to a desert island Because I can guarantee you're only taking to a desert island the three materials that you find give you comfort. No one is taking the thing that gives them a migraine because it's so challenging. So be playful with it if you need some playful questions. Think about what you'd recommend to someone else. Sometimes the things that we recommend to someone else shows us where our passion lies because they're the things that it gives us benefit. So we naturally and relationally want other people we care about to experience the same thing. So if a friend was to come to you and say, I'm having a really tough time, I really just want to be creative. Like, what do you recommend? What would, what would you say? And notice your judgment. So sometimes we'll say something and then the judgy part of our brain will be like, oh no, that's not something you should be doing or that's too hard or that's too childish. Put a pause on that and say, thanks for that brain, but I'm, I don't need your input right now. And you can note of it anyway, even if it does feel childish, if that process or material feels a, a little bit confronting for you and you feel a little bit ashamed of it, write it down anyway. Because if there's a part of you that's being pulled towards it, there's something that you want to explore there. There's something of value there. So yeah, spend some time brainstorming comfort. And if you're stuck, like if you're like, oh, I can't really get a grip on this, Liana, like I'm really struggling to be reflective and get much content, like my mind just goes blank, then like broaden it out from creativity because it might just be the art making creativity bit that's getting you stuck. Like think about what else in your life that you find comfortable. Like when you feel sick, when you feel poorly, when you feel upset and sad, like when you feel exhausted, what are the things that you do or you crave and think about the textures and qualities of those things. So for example, like if you really just crave for things to be soft and squishy and warm and snuggly, then like write those things down and then brainstorm some art activities or some creative activities that have those qualities. Can you do something with your hands that engages with materials that are soft and squishy and comforting? There is things you can do. There's fabric and sewing and stitching and knitting 
and crochet for some people they find like smooth cool fluid materials are really comforting so i'm one of those people so like water like showers baths swimming are really soothing and calming for me so then you might start to think about like okay so what sort of art or craft activities or creative activities obviously i'm always open to broadening my sometimes narrow dialogue what activities have those qualities and it can take a bit of work okay so you think water you're like uh what activities involve water but it might not be exactly water it might be something like clay where there's that smooth cool touch there are things that are fluid there's things like inks paper making is very water-based you know you blend up old bits of paper and fabrics and then you have to immerse the decal and you have to like sponge out and squeeze out water using towels so that paper making process is very fluid it has a lot of water contact so there are things out there and spend some time exploring it and cautiously if you do find you have sensory sensitivities because sometimes the correlation is there like you think okay so inks are really fluid and water-based and kind of flood and like swirl around that should be a good match but then when you find you do those ink-based activities it's really overwhelming and it's too fluid for you and you're like oh I find that stressful not comforting so (laughs) just to make it a little bit more tricky there isn't always a direct correlation but it's a good starting point and if you're stuck in particular sometimes these other areas of our life that we find comfort in can be a good indicator of places to look you're on an expedition an exploration to be able to go out and go forth and try and discover and identify what it is that you're going to find comforting in your art making Because once you know, then you can, like I've said in other episodes, have that toolbox available so that when you're feeling like you need some comfort or your life is so heavy with other stuff that's completely outside of your control, you can look just to nourish yourself with your creativity and self-applying it in a way that meets you. And that's one of the really, I think, big benefits of being trained in art therapy that I often highlight to people that are saying, you know, well, what's the difference in training and is there a need for it? And one of the benefits is being really hyper aware that art materials are all different and they're going to provide different qualities and different emotional feedback. So not all art materials are equal and they're certainly not equal across the diversity of humans. Everybody's going to have a different profile as such around what materials they are drawn to, what they feel confident with, what challenges them and what comforts them. So I have met lots of people that find just pencils and white paper is their comfort zone and sometimes it's about pushing them outside of that because they're in a place where they're ready to take on challenge and pushing them outside of that comfort zone is relevant to their current goals but that's always going to be their like foundation and especially when they're struggling or they just need a top up of comfort in their lives they can just go straight for that pencils so it doesn't need to be like this lavishly big complex mapping of activities to find your comfort zone sometimes it can be super simple pencils and paper and everybody is going to be so different 
like I said, some people find the fluid, squishy materials, more tactile ones, comforting. Other people find the more controllable ones, comforting. And that's really interesting in itself because there are different ways of looking at materials. So you can look at the sensory qualities of them, but you can also look at the level of kind of control and kinesthetic feedback you get the amount of executive functioning they require and like their level of messiness and chaos so some people will find immersing themselves in like kind of messy prolific chaotic styles of art making process led where there's kind of a lot happening and then the artwork and the process emerges from that really comforting and other people will find a really controlled space where everything is really neat and tidy and they are able to execute their mark making or their creative process in a really refined controlled way is what gives them comfort and as I said earlier we're thinking in our larger practice about discomfort and comfort together so there are times you're going to want to push yourself but right now we're talking about those moments where you're just really needing some comfort you're in a rut you're in a lull you're in a really dark space you're struggling whatever the reason had a really stressful week this is how you wind down you need to sort of start exploring those things is it control or chaos that I find gives me a sense of freedom it's interesting isn't it that for some people the level of control will give them a freedom for other people it's that messy immersion that can give a sense of freedom when I'm talking about freedom I'm talking mostly about this experience of flow so if you haven't heard of flow before flow is a psychological theory that's emerged in the 70s and then was studied for the next couple of decades and it was coined and pioneered by a, a psychologist called Mihai Csikszent Mihai I think I've said that right he has a book called flow and flow has been is like extremely prolifically referred to in all sorts of media and content and education now can really be easily reduced. I think everyone gets excited because for most of us we can really relate to the core principle of flow and its core description but it is always helpful sometimes to dive a little bit more deeply to read up on things and get more detail. The concept of flow is that it's a description for the state when you are so immersed in the activity that you're doing that you lose a sense of like the time and place you're in. So originally Mihai was really interested in artists and the way that artists work and that like they would often get into these states where they'd forget to eat and drink and would you know sometimes even forget to sleep because they were so immersed in the activity that they were doing and they always reported such benefit this really lucrative enriching state where it was like they just got into this zone of creativity and he started studying artists and then over the years it has like broadened out to other disciplines so it's not just creativity where you can experience flow people talk about experiencing it in other frameworks and activities but flow is I guess this ultimate state of creativity where we're just in the here and now and we're just experiencing what's at hand and it gives us so much reprieve like getting into a state of flow means you're just kind of like not caught up and not anchored and tugged at by like all the anxieties or worries you're just immersed in what you're doing and that is so rewarding and I think I personally think when a lot of people say find art so relaxing or I find it is my safe place or my comfort zone 
I feel like that's because they're in that state of flow. We just don't get it very often. You know, we live such busy lives. You know, I always have like a constant list in my head of 50 things that need doing today. Oh, I'm not going to have time today. I'm going to have to bump that to tomorrow's list. And, you know, could I be doing that differently? Oh, I really want to get this task done at work. Oh, it's not to devalue the the tasks that we're required to do like it's just that we can sometimes not have any room (laughs) to just be apart from when we're asleep and we need to find moments to just be when we're awake and sometimes that can just be sitting still but for those people that find meditation and sitting still and relaxing really difficult or they watch too much tv tv and online content isn't being still it's not feeding us in the same way often it kind of bombarding ourselves with emotions and visual imagery that is emotionally loaded and also very activating for our brain um so you know people that are seeking to be in a slower state will often find engaging with something creatively that ignites that flow really beneficial because you're still doing something, you're active. So if you find being still really difficult, then you're doing something, whether it's sculptural or pictorial or musical or dance orientated or whatever it is, like whatever your medium is, it's being immersed in that in a way that you lose a sense of yourself for a while. And yeah, there's a lot of benefit to that. It gives you a lot of reprieve. It can give you a lot of comfort and it can top up that cup, which is what we're talking about today. Using creativity as a way to get respite and get respite from those busy, busy to-do lists and reinvigorate ourselves, re-energize ourselves. And then we're able to gift outwards. We're able to re-engage in things that might be more challenging. So I also wanted to touch on the evils of comfort. Um, And so they can also be the things that can inhibit us getting into a state of flow. If we think about what could be inhibiting getting into that zone, it could be things like not having a suitable environment. It might also be things like comparison, self-criticism, procrastination there's like a few of them but those are probably the key ones that jump to mind let's talk a little bit firstly about comparison and self-criticism so this is why i was talking about that importance of brainstorming and recognizing what you find comfortable because if you are just doing what other people are prescribing to you and you know that's fine if you're just exploring it and you're just seeing if it's a good fit But if you're doing it and stubbornly expecting the same outcomes as someone else, it's really not to your advantage because we're all going to be so different. We all find so many different things comforting and attractive as far as creativity goes. So next week, I am going to chat with someone actually that has a very different creative approach to me and is very craft orientated. She's an avid, avid crocheter and works across multiple craft media and I'm often envious of her. And Ellie is also a really good friend of mine that I've known a long time. And I thought it was quite lovely actually because next week marks the end of the first block of episodes and then there'll be a short mini break of two weeks before the next block starts. And I started this block, my first guest was artist Deborah Worthy Collins who is a good friend of mine and the last one before that mini break is also a good friend of mine Ellie Anderson Um, so I'm excited for you to hear that interview and to have someone that has a different experience of creativity with me and I think it's 
that's been one of the most rewarding things to get the diverse guests on this show. I just really want to showcase to you that creativity has so many different shapes and forms and that it is actually so unique to each of us that no two humans have the same creativity and that's what makes it so magical and so interesting and fascinating. But we can so easily fall into that trap of comparison and thinking we should do something or we want to do something the same as someone else. You know, that's natural. Like we all get that. We all go through phases of that. But allowing that to power over you is really going to inhibit what feedback you get from your art making. It's going to really inhibit your ability to get into that flow state because you're going to be stuck in that cognitive state of like comparison and not feeling good enough. And that's why I really encourage you to be self-reflective. And I know I half up on about that, but I can't tell you <laughs> what it is that you're going to find comfort providing in your creativity and your art practice because it's going to be unique to you. It might be similar to someone else, but it's going to be a unique combination of lots of different things to you. So I just want to highlight that if you are a comparative person, Really try and work on that. So sometimes working alone can be a really helpful like combat to that. Obviously, you've then got to manage your own voices in your head. Um, but sometimes it's the showing people and working alongside other people that can kind of amplify that com- comparison. And the same goes for self-criticism. Self-criticism will spoil the party. You know, they are things that dampen inspiration they dampen confidence and self-mastery and things like that so we really want to find ways to challenge those inner voices I think it got mentioned in one of the episodes or has been mentioned a few times questioning whose voice that is and where it comes from can be a helpful way to combat it so is it someone else's voice and is it or is it yours and if it's someone else's voice then you can hand the power back to them even if they're not you know you don't physically do that you mentally do that and say that that person wasn't okay to judge my art making or to judge me and I'm not going to carry that around with me I'm not keep giving that person that that control that I deserve you know tell yourself you deserve the freedom to find comfort in your art making free of self-criticism and free of comparison and free of other people's judgment if it is your voice if you identify the fact that the the little you know devil on your shoulder screaming at you that you shouldn't be doing it and you're just messing around with art materials and it's wasting time and you should be doing something else and it doesn't look very good and you know you don't deserve it okay so what is that voice serving where is it coming from and what is it providing you with? Is it keeping you within some kind of narrative or some kind of familiar space? You know, asking yourself what you need. And usually what you need is to continue on in your creativity as challenging as that can be. Or what you need is some reassurance that you are worthy and you are deserving of time for yourself and creativity. And if the voice comes from a place of fear or a place of responsibility of thinking that you should be doing more to help other people, you should be doing something more productive. Remind yourself that being creative and having some time for yourself will provide you with energy and insight and nourishment to then be able to provide more and to be able to do more in other times. So it's that balancing act. Like So it's just that awareness and that, that seeing things in shades of grey rather than black and white. And taking a deep breath and knowing that if you do struggle with those voices, they're going to be there all the time. It is a work in progress. 
to quieten them and work despite of them it takes a lot of time so you know it might be all good for me to sit here and stand on my soapbox and really encourage you and support you and scream from the rooftops of what you're deserving of because I know that you're deserving of it but to actually be the one that's dealing with it I know that there's a big chasm there that it's a big ask but I just want to encourage you to start the journey and take the steps and find the things that give you comfort. And even if you're just doing it for a few short moments, even if your comfort project is one that you only touch on for a few short moments at a time, every so often, because those voices are so loud, it is still useful. And hopefully over time that you those voices will quieten and your time with your creative comfort will increase because you know obviously we are more comfortable when those voices aren't there getting towards the end of this episode the last couple of things I wanted to touch on were the fact that your environment so your home craft or studio is going to be important in providing you comfort and so I'm going to go into a little bit of depth of that but the second kind of component of that and the last thing that I wanted to talk about was company And I know I've mentioned this before, um, but having creative company can sometimes be comforting. Sometimes when I find it hard to sleep, sometimes if I engage my brain in a safe way over something that is imaginative but not confronting, then that can help me fall asleep. And one of the ways that I do that is I will design a whole creative space in my head using, you know, the blueprint of whatever space I've seen for lease or or spotted somewhere and I just think it's really important and it's something that's really underestimated is how we can use our spaces to provide us with creative comfort and I think for some of us that are really well rehearsed in creativity you can make do really easily. I do have traveled a bit and done lots of drawing and paintings you know and got sore backs and sore shoulders and sore necks from um sitting in weird positions in peculiar places out and about but I think the level of comfort you can get from having an anchored space for yourself shouldn't be underestimated and it can be particularly helpful if you're having difficulty accessing that kind of soothing comforting aspect of creativity and I know that not everyone has access to a space so let's talk about the diversity for a second so you might be able to have a full-blown art studio or a full-blown office space somewhere that you use for your art space practice and that is wonderful because you can really go to town in setting it up in a way that provides you comfort for other people they might have a small corner of a lounge room or a home some people are able to have a craft room and other people it's a garden shed or part of the garage and then again some people it is just a box so they just have a box of art materials that they have to bring out in a shared space every time they want to make art so I fully acknowledge that you might be anywhere on that spectrum and you might have different levels of control over what space you create in But if you do have any control, I do want to encourage you to think about how to make it more comfortable, how to make it more likely that you're going to get in a sense of flow. So you want to be thinking about things perhaps like distraction. If you're going to have eyes and inquiries filtering over your shoulder, even if they're well-meaning, that might make it difficult if you feel like other people are kind of observing what you're doing. It might be 
obviously the day-to-day distractions of that to-do list you know sometimes it's about immersing yourself and creating a space with music or headphones in you might be listening to this podcast because I certainly listen to podcasts when I'm creating it's maybe about having a window and natural light it might be just having your art materials around you there is that principle that if you out of sight out of mind as they say and it is so true I do find having owned an art studio before that the art materials that are out are the ones that you will use mostly and that's not to say I didn't tuck away art materials that I didn't want used regularly but it was an intentional thing it wasn't wasn't tucking them all away so I do encourage you to keep like even just a pot of colored pens or markers or pencils out and some paper just to flag with your brain that memory of that's right I do want to try and be creative today or I do want to be creative this week and you might find yourself picking it up and everybody's different so if you do this like you keep going with it if it's working for you but I would encourage you not to watch or stream you know shows and movies while you're creating I feel that creativity does need some space and time just to distill particularly if you're wanting to use it for uh, for self-expression and yeah I mean write in tell me tell me what it is about your creative environment that gives you comfort and tag me in your Instagram photo so lastly I also want to touch on a little bit about the concept of making art and company and whether that can be comforting and for many people absolutely can so I find it often swings one way or the other you can need privacy and isolation for for your creativity to really like flourish or you find comfort and feedback and inspiration from being around people so people have crafted together in groups for like since forever for absolutely forever because crafting was also related so strongly with you know it was so essential for creating usable and productive products you know whether it was weaving baskets or sewing clothes so many things were handmade it can be really interesting to to think about how that has actually changed over time that people don't naturally get together as often to create because there isn't a product demand continuing on from the industrial revolution the technological revolution capitalism there's all of these things that have happened these systems in place in our globalized world that means for some of us in certain countries there is a big distance between creativity and um, production and obviously that's not true for everyone in the world some people that is still a staple of their day-to-day or their employment is creating and so if it's not though there's kind of this opportunity I guess for it to be a really proactive approach to creating company and it becomes really about whether that's enjoyable and whether that's comforting and uplifting or not and there was a big movement called the Craftanoon movement and I love the Craftanoon movement. <laughs> um, I have been to a couple of Craftanoons and I like the concept of having it sprinkled within my independent creativity. So I wouldn't rely on Craftanoons as my only sole opportunity for expression because I feel like when I'm in a Craftanoon, it is very different and a very different way of creating than what I do when I'm by myself. So I want to make sure that I also make lots of time to create alone. Craftanoons are basically exactly what they sound like, a craft afternoon. So you get a group of friends together and you work on your creative projects. So there can be a couple of ways of doing it. You can do something structured and something new as in you are all trying and working on an, on new projects together. So you might have a craftanoon theme of card making or 
I did one once with a lovely group of friends and we were making dream catchers. Um, I've done ones before where, you know, it's beading and ink based and I've done ones before where with family, like a afternoon evening with family, where we were doing printmaking. You can have a shared activity where you're either just exploring the skills required together or if there's someone skilled in that area then they might be leading the group slightly. Um but it's much more relaxed and it's much about just creating and being in social company. And some people do a craft noon where they all just bring their own creative project. So, and again, that can be a little bit more particular. Like um, my sister's group of friends did a knitting afternoon where they weren't being guided in within the group. They weren't guiding themselves on a particular activity, but they all brought a knitting project and worked on their knitting project. It might be even more broad from that where, you know, you just bring whatever you're working on. And it's a really nice way to have social company and to comfort seek. So you've got that relational comfort of being around people that you care about and that care about you. And you're also doing something with your hands and just working in, in a group and yeah it's really nourishing and I really encourage you to try a afternoon if you have a group of creative friends but it can be something else to think about particularly if you're finding like you're echoing around too much when you're by yourself and you do just want to relax and be around materials and art making dance or music or whatever it is baking then sometimes just employing some um, wing men and wing wing women women can be really helpful in just getting that access point So yeah, those are some things to think about when you're exploring comfort in art making. Thank you for listening to another episode of Art Muse. If you enjoyed the podcast, there are three ways you can support it. The easy way is to review, share or subscribe using your listening platform. The second way is to donate a Ko-fi using the Ko-fi platform. A great way to support any creatives registered on the site, it's a once-off donation equivalent to a cup of coffee, particularly fitting for me as I don't actually drink coffee. The third way is you can use one of the affiliate links when purchasing your art materials. I'm affiliated with Riot Art and Craft. Using the links means I get a small portion of the sale and it will all help to keep the podcast up and running and thriving. I am super appreciative of any support And I'll include each of those methods in the show notes or show description. Also, one last thing while I have you. I love dialogue with the ArtMuse community. So feel free to get in touch via Instagram at ArtMuse underscore podcast or email at hellosunflowerandivy.com.au.